Welcome to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Paxson, and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining the show this week, as ever, we have Paul Whiteside. All right, Paul? Hey, Rob, you okay, mate? How's your week been, mate? Yeah, all right, up and down, up and down. Don't know whether I'm coming or going these days. I mean, in work, out of work, in work, out of work. So, yeah, it's, it's all good, all good fun. Um, looking forward to talking rugby league. Oh, I'm missing, I'm missing the rugby league. Oh, it seems a while since we've been to a, been to a match and that. So yeah, I'm uh, getting a bit excited now. I went on the um, the supporters trust call with Richard Marshall the other night, the Q and A thing, and, and li- listen to Richard, and it's getting a bit more real now. The season's round the corner, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited, mate. Two things: are you still sticking it to the man? Oh yeah, yeah, we're very, very deep in in in, in strike mode now. Um, been on the picket line quite a few times at Stockport. It's Absolutely freezing down there when you go down there, setting up at eight o'clock in the morning, ten to eight in the morning. But it's been good. It's been a good crack. The, the lads are, are sticking together, and it, it's getting tough now because we're losing quite a bit of money. But you've got to look at the bigger picture, haven't you? So uh, I know I've just seen today in the news that British Air, British Airways have, have won their battle, looks with, with their fire and rehire. So we've got to keep doing ours because what we all keep saying to each other now is if we don't fight this. You know, other other people are just going to get trampled on over in the future, aren't they? So I think a lot of us are doing this now, not just for our jobs at British Gas, but for for other people as well. Because you, if this goes through, I think it'll just be like the green light for companies to just treat people how they want. So uh, yeah, we, we're just doing our best, mate, and that's all you can do in it. Yeah, wish you all luck in the world, uh, Paul. Hopefully, uh, you'll get what what you want. Um, you said you were you had you were on the supporters trust. Uh, AGM with Richard Marshall was it was it well attended on the on the old Zoom? Yeah, it was. It was. It was funny because the other night uh, we we're trying to move house at the moment, and we had a mortgage call. I could a call with a mortgage man, and I was supposed to be doing that with Ellen. And I said, "Oh, I've got to do. I've got to go on this as well." So I'm not very. You know as well as I do. I'm not very good at with technology and that. So I was on this call. I had to get my work computer on and do it on there, and um. Got a, like a pair of headphones on, and it was uh, kept muting myself and what have you. But no, we got through it and got to speak to Richard and ask him a few questions on behalf of the, of the trust, and sort of made a few questions up on my own. And he spoke really well, and, and there, was, there was quite a lot of supporters on it as well. And um, Phil Dunning, and Graham Jones, and, and Pete Brady, Shirley Bradshaw was, was there talking as well. They all like kept everybody up up to date with what was going on regarding the finances and, and things like that, and all the sort of stuff that goes over my head. And then we we talked about the rugby and that, and spoke to Richard, and he was good. He was really positive about everything, and um, you know it's really exciting now. Some of the signings we've made, he's he's, he's delighted with. So uh, he's a good talker as well. One thing I've noticed is he's he's, he's a totally different character to Watto. He's he seems a lot more laid back and. You know, he seems really happy to, to get involved with stuff like this. So I'm not saying that Watto didn't, but, you know, Richard just seems a breath of fresh air at the moment. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. I think it's his stage presence, I think. I think he's got he's got more stage presence than, than Watto did. He holds himself better. Uh, that's just my opinion, obviously. Yeah, well, they're two different characters, aren't they? I mean, totally, totally different. And um, I've noticed when I've, I've spoken to him, he, you know, Watto was a very driven person, but I think Richard is as well. And, I think he'll want to, you know, get his own sort of stamp on things now. And that's one of the questions I asked him, you know, about getting his stamp and his authority on the on the on the club because a lot of those players were there last season. But I think he's gaining that trust and gaining that respect with them now. And the new guys are coming in. They all seem like they're buzzing. He said he told me he has to keep telling them off though for uh, for not wearing the face mask. He said they like a load of kids, the players. So they'll go they'll go around the stadium without the mask, and he keeps having to shout them saying, "Put your mask back on," and all that because there's a lot of strict protocols in place. But no, he seems really happy with the squad, and I think he just wants. to to, to get started now and we asked him about pre-season friendlies and 
he was saying they'd like to play championship teams, but they, they don't think they can do because of this. So he'd probably play maybe a Super League team two weeks before the start of the season. So, no, things are looking good. Yeah, also join us on the show. We've got uh, Paul Parkin. Uh, happy days, Parker. Welcome back on the show. Cheers, mate. Yeah, no, great uh, great to be back on. Great to be back on. Um, I'm... Uh, if anyone's anyone's interested in my work situation, uh, I am looking for for work, so uh, all offers much appreciated. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, everything's good. Everything's good. It's uh, you know things are flowing, just like Paul said. Just want the rugby back now. And you've been you've been you've been uh, vaccinated against the old COVID. I have. I had my first one yesterday. Um, no, no problem. Went to Salford Royal. They were they were wonderful. Uh, straight in. You know, fifteen twenty minutes later, you're more you're back out. Uh, just suffering with a dead arm now, but other than that, yeah, no, it's good. So uh, I feel uh, feel a little bit safer now. But we'll, we'll see. I might grow another arm. You just never know, do you? <laughs> yeah, my my dad had his. Uh, was it weekend? And he was chuffed. He's, he's not very. Uh, he didn't, didn't, didn't don't think he had many injections. He only just started having the flu one. Um, mm. So he's chuffed a bit that so he's been, had his uh, first jab as well. Yes, yeah, uh, we're getting on now, aren't they? I think. Over seven million of Adam now, so hopefully, you know, before long, uh, we can all have them all be safe and all get back into the stadiums. I think that's the the main thing, Pack. I think that's what we're all well, aiming for, aren't we? Get well, you if you if you're in doubt, I was thinking about getting back to the the stadiums and and getting back to doing what we love because without them, it's not going to happen. Definitely not. No, no stadiums and pubs. That's uh, <laughs> that's living the dream. There's your motivator. Um, <laughs> I've been busy. I've got my son. My son uh, told me he wants to be a YouTuber. Um, do you do you have that with your with your girls, uh, Paul? Uh, my girls just tend to go and do their own thing, mate. Really, <laughs> they do. Yeah, they do talk to me about stuff like that. But like I said, I I don't have a clue. I'm on an iPad now, and I can just about work it. So, well, I, I know they do something called TikTok and something like that. But oh yeah, it goes over my head, mate. You know, from a bit old school. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, he's been he's been he's been mivering me, so I've decided that you know I'm trying I'm going to make him a YouTube channel with my help, obviously, playing all his favourite sort of computer games. I think it helps me as well. It helps me develop, you see, so I can do a bit of videoing, video editing as well as um, podcast radio editing. If I do a bit of both, then that makes me a better all round presenter slash um, producer, Parker. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's good for good for him as well, obviously. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, for, for development. I mean, I still haven't got, I'm, what, 44 now. I still haven't got a clue what I want to do in my life. So, <laughs> uh, at least he's got a focus and something to, to drive at. And obviously, if you've got the technology and you know how to use it, you know, I mean, I was watching something the other day and one of these, you know, these kids basically at 21, 22, earning millions doing YouTube stuff. And I'm like, how, how, how do you even make money out of this? I have no idea. But yeah. Uh, if you've got the skills and expertise, and you can, you know, you can pass it on to to your lad. Why not? Why not give it a go? More strings to the bow, really. Yeah, what it is, I think and we looked into it. And what you do, if if you get over, a, I think it's a hundred followers, um, you can put adverts in your in your video then, and that's how they they make the money. Um, but let's be honest, you know, it's going to take him ages and ages and ages to get anywhere near that. I think it's just for the love of the game for him, to be mm-hmm. fair, and. Um, for me, it's like I say, it's just a bit of improving me my skills I've got. So it's a win-win, really. And if we do end up getting over a hundred um, followers on the old uh, YouTube channel, which is called Red King Gamer, if you're on YouTube, give us a, a follow, a subscribe, and uh, enjoy him playing uh, Fortnite and me playing FIFA, possibly. Paul. Yeah. Oh. 
I'll have a go at that. <laughs> so let's uh, let's talk about rugby league now because that's what we're here for. Um, big news coming out of uh, Salford Red Devils. Um, Paul Declan Patton signs twelve month contract. Great result. Great uh, signing for us. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, he could be the final piece of the jigsaw for this season. Good player as well, and you know he's played in in cup finals and, and grand finals for, for Warrington, and he's still only a relatively young man in his mid twenties. So he's probably coming to the, the peak of his career now, and he's a very useful goal kicker as well. So I've always been impressed with him. I think at Warrington they've had that many sort of big name signings, haven't they? Like Gareth Widdop coming in, Blake Austin, and people like that. He's probably finding it difficult to get into their side, hasn't he? And, and probably not featured in, in the coach's plan. So I think he's one of those players that we can pick up and really mould him into a first-choice, first-team player. Excited to see what he can do. I was a bit wary about the, the, the contract, whether it was his decision to have a one-year or whether it's Salford's, I'm not too sure, because players don't normally sign just one-year deals, do they? But, you know, let, let's see how he goes on for us. Now he seems a real, real keen lad. And like I said, he's picked up a lot of good habits at Warrington, playing there in a really good side and under good coaches and, and what have you in his career. So I think he's a, he's a good acquisition to the squad, especially to go with the likes of Chris Atkin, who's already there, Tui Lola here, Kevin Brown, Danny Addy as well, Harvey Levette. You've got you know, quite a lot of choices there around your half-backs uh, position. So, uh, so yeah, looking forward to see what he can do. Yeah, he can play hooker, he can play scrum half, he can play standoff at uh, Parker. Um, it's great that he's got that, you know, different options uh, for Richard Marshall, and it also puts pressure on all the players as well because uh, if uh, he want to, he want to play, uh, won't he? Yeah, definitely. It's a win-win for everybody. I, I, you know, I don't see an issue with it. I know. I understand what Paul's saying about the, the contract, twelve months. I, I think it gives him a chance to to prove himself to us or to somebody else. And it, it gives us a, you know, we you basically got to get out clause. If it doesn't work, you know, if for whatever reason, he, he's gone. You know, there's no there's no major worry there. Um, obviously, Kev Brown is now, I think, the oldest player in Super League for next season. Um, the chances of him playing every week are remote, let's let's say that. I mean, I hope he does. But we, so we needed more cover in, in that area. Um I thought that, I think I said it last time, I said, you know, I wanted a prop and a hooker if we could. Um, and, you know, if there was ever a chance of, of getting a spare halfback, you know, with Super League experience, I'd love it, but that wasn't going to happen. And then, you know, lo and behold, it does. I think it's a really good sign, a really smart move. Um, like I say, he's got a chance now to rebuild his career because he has shown, you know, glimpses, at, even at his you know, young age. Um, he'll, know, uh, he'll know Marshall through his times at... Uh, at at Warrington uh, and like I said last time about Warrington they're a, they're a strange club like that they, they do that a lot with the younger players I mean Gareth O'Brien is obviously a, an example of that kind of thing that happened and, and, and Levet, you know I said last time I, I've always been impressed with him and I can't understand why Warrington didn't want to keep him uh, kept loaning him out to, to Hull KR and the, the same here with you know, with this situation I think I, I, I'm a little bit surprised that nobody else swooped before we did you know we, we've now got Definitely four halfbacks, which not I don't know too many Super League teams that'll have four halfbacks knocking about in the squad. It's 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 really strong, and like Paul said, I think the squad now has come together. I think he might just be that that final piece, the versatility of all the players who can play in several roles. Um, but they're all experienced as well. We're not taking risks here. These are, you know these are sort of proven players as well. So yeah, I'm really delighted with it. Yeah, I think it's X fact for me, and then the fact. Like you say, with Gaz O'Brien previously, and the player he turned out for us gives us hope that you know 
that Declan Patton can be a similar uh, mould, Paul. Yeah, certainly, certainly, I, I think so. I mean, like I said, I think I mentioned it to my dad about twelve months ago about Patton when he was in and out of the Warrington side. Then I said, "Why don't we go and make a move for him? Because he's a guy who's always impressed me, but he doesn't seem to have fitted in there for one reason or another. He's not. He sort of played in in fits and starts. But going back to Warrington, I don't know with him. They always seem to go for the for the big signing, don't they? Like this time they've signed Greg Inglis, they signed Blake Austin, they signed Gareth Widdop. They always seem to push the boat out, don't they? And, sign these big players when perhaps sometimes if you look a bit closer to home you've already got the quality players there that you could nurture yourself so you know Warrington's loss or whatever is it is going to be our gain I think because I think he's got a real chance to impress now and he is at the, only in his mid-20s so he's got a lot of uh, rugby league left in him and if he can play well for Salford this season get an extended deal with us or, or go somewhere else or, or whatever so I think that one-year deal, I, I was looking at it a bit cynical, really, but the way Parky put that spin on it there, I think he's right. I think that gives both sides the opportunity there. Now he's in a shop window at Salford, and he's going to really work hard to, to stay on the side. And with the, you know, the, the sort of, I'm going to say strength in depth, because I don't think our squad's that big, but it, it looks a lot healthier and a lot better balanced the squad than it has done in recent years. I think there is competition for places there, and I think you're going to have to play well to keep your place in the side, because if you don't, there's someone else knocking on the door there who, who can take your opportunity. I'm not saying we've got a team full of utility players, but we have got cover and players who can cover a, a number of positions, and that's that's always a positive thing. Just let's hope he's better than the, the last pattern that, that we had. Um, whoa, whoa, talking about whoa, whoa. contracts, Parker... Thought of a flurry of kind of long-term three-year contracts. Do, mm. do you think? Obviously, we want security in the squad, don't we? we? Want players wanting to sort of be secure in their futures, and that gives them the ability to concentrate on playing. Um, do, do you think? Obviously, the amount of three-year contracts is a good thing, that or, or a bad thing? Will players just sort of get comfy and not or not want to perform, or is that Richard Marshall's job to to whip them and make sure they still still perform at the highest level? It's it's a good point. Um, I, I'm happy with it, the longer contract. I think it, it gives the, the the player more affiliation with the club rather than thinking I'm only here a year or two, you know, whatever. After after you've already been here a period, uh, I think it shows a bit more commitment. Um, could they go stale? Could they fit? You know, that could happen. But the good thing is, once they're under under contract, like we've seen with Luke Yates, if somebody wants them and they want to get out, they've, they've got to, someone's got to pay for them. So we're not, you know, I think it's a good idea, especially when you look at this squad, there are a few, you know, senior players, but a lot of them are still in the prime or young lads who could easily move off to, to other clubs. Uh, you know, if they have one good season, you, you know, we've seen it so many times when uh, the Vultures start, to, you know, passing over the AJ Bell. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it. I think, like you say, the, the players themselves now know this is, this, is their, this is their club. And, if you know, if they want to achieve anything, this is where they're going to do it for them. Because three years of, your, of your, you know, your career is quite quite a substantial amount. And these days with players flitting from club to club, sometimes you can question, are they actually bothered about that club at all? Is it just a paycheck? You know, and I, I think now we, we've got these players all, all signed up. Um, I, 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 can't, I can't, I understand, you know, like you're saying about the, can players just kick back and think, well, I've got my contract now. But, you know, contracts obviously can be terminated at some point. Um but players, I think that I think they're professional enough, and I think Richie Marshall won't stand for for, for anyone just slacking. And I hope he, you know he, he drills it into them that with, with a club like us, with such a small budget, how important what they do, you know, and how they perform uh, and, and give us value for money, if you like, over them three years is so important. So yeah, I'm happy with it. I think the players who have signed up, you know, 
just he just like we say sort of off air earlier on about losing you know certain players from last season who who created a bit of a bond at the club and and obviously Moose is still there he's one of them uh, these guys now can buy into that and go well, this is my club so anyone who comes in next year you know they can have a word with them and say this is what we're about you know this is my club don't be coming in here you know just willy nilly thinking it's it's just another club we've got something special here. I agree with that, Parker. I think it's it's about identity in it and and sort of culture at the club. And previously, you know, we we've struggled with that. But you know, since like it's Ian Watson and now, uh, you know, Richard Marshall, and we've we've built on on that culture now, Paul. And it's it's just about sort of molding that and and bringing you know the players through and continuing to to perform at the highest level, so we continue to get to Challenge Cup finals and and Grand Final because. The momentum's there because in the last two years we, we've we've we have reached them them sort of levels and them goals. So it's about continuing to get to them levels and hopefully taking that one step beyond. Yeah, I think in a way, I think coaching's like that. I think coaching's like that in in, in, in lots of sports where it's sort of ninety percent of it is more or less the same at every club. But that ten percent, the extra bit, that special bit. That's what takes you on to that next level. And I, I'm hoping that Richard Marshall's got that because Ian Watson seemed to have that, that extra bit that you can find from players. And to me now, you want players at Salford who, who want to be there and who want to win things at Salford and are proud to be at Salford. Not, I'm just playing at Salford so I can get a contract somewhere else. I mean, Luke Yates has left, hasn't he, to go to Huddersfield and it just shows their contracts probably aren't really worth the paper they're written on because people will just do what they want anyway, won't they? And to me... I wouldn't want as such. You know, he's a good player in, but I wouldn't want somebody like that at the club. I'd want people there who want to win things at Salford. We've had players like that before, or in the past, who've just used us as a bit of a retirement home or used us as a stepping stone. Whereas now we've proved that we can we can do well and we can get to finals and we can play well consistently well over a, over a period of a season. Now we want to kick on from that now, and I think that the balance of that squad for me. You look at the back line. It's a cracking back line. That and Richard Marshall was saying that on Monday night. It really is. It's you know you got the Eskery coming in there, who's, who's replaced Devils. All right, we've lost Nile, who's a good player, but just Dan Sargeson, excuse me, Callum Watkins, Joe Burgess, Ken Seal. They, they're cracking players, and if we can get that mix right at half back, we've got a good set of forwards as well. We could take some stopping. So I'm really excited about it. But like I said, it's just getting that extra ten percent, and, and I think Richard Marshall can get that out of the players definitely. Yeah, you can see Parky how sort of Richard Marshall has, has kind of trimmed the squad and and shaped it in his own. Um, sort of character uh, for me. Um, Ian Watson preferred big, ugly forwards and nasty forwards, and uh, I think Richard Marshall likes his his forwards big, but he also likes his forwards to have a bit of hand, bit of hands as well. That Livet, uh, he's supposed to be a ball player, um, which which might add a different dimension uh, to our play in twenty twenty one. Yeah, very much so. I think I said uh, uh, earlier on this month uh, on the on the podcast that the game's changed as well. Forwards are different. They're not. There aren't that many big grizzly. You know, you don't. You don't have specific players that much anymore. You have players who can play through the pack. I mean, if you stood next to Paulie Paulie and you didn't know, you know, much about, it, you'd probably say, "Oh, he's a prop." But most of the season, he played back row. But he could easily play prop forward. That wouldn't be an issue for us. And I think what 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 Richard's got there is exactly what you say. There's a lot of players, a lot of forwards there who can can offload a ball and you know, there's a little bit of pace in there as well. For, for a pack, um, but they're all very mobile and interchangeable right through the squad. Uh, and Paul mentioned the backline. I mean, that is a special backline. I'm sorry, I don't care what anybody says. That 
you put them names on a team sheet and, and then think the likes of Inu, you know, he, he's going to try and get in there. Uh, Reese Williams has got to, you know, got to try and get in there. Costello, who we signed, will, will also be trying to get in there. You know, we've loaned out uh, Chamberlain. I think Keir's still there. You know, we've got players. We pick up an injury. We're not going to be so much as we have been over recent years where you're terrified of who's coming in. Oh, he's not as good. He's not. I mean, Matty Costello for me is a he's a really good player, and but is he going to play over Sargentson and Watkins? You've got to say no. But what a replacement to have in the back? And it's the same with the pack. I mean, bringing in Elijah Taylor and and, and uh, Darcy Lussick, two two massive coups for me. Uh, they they will make a massive difference, and they've both got that, that versatility, but they've also got you know good hands um, and an experience that. It's just going to help all our younger players, those who have signed long-term deals as well, to, to develop as players. I, I'm I'm really excited about it. Yeah, a player who won't be with us in in twenty uh, twenty one is Tyrone McCarthy. Uh, Paul released back by the by the club. Um, always a hard worker. Always gave hundred percent. Really good for us. You know, uh, had interviews with us, and and you know they were great. I'll always remember him for his heroics in the the Challenge Cup semi final in the last couple of minutes, uh, where he where he tackles uh, Blake Austin and then um, sort of milks the penalty, which basically diffuses the pressure and takes us to the cup final. So he'll always have a special place in my heart, uh, Tyrone McCarthy. Just for you know for everything he did. And, he did, and the, you know the hard graft he, he did every week for Salford. Yeah, he was an unsung hero, really, Tyrone McCarthy. He wasn't for me, excuse me, one of those those, those blokes that he's quite a humble sort of bloke. You know, quiet fella, really. Just just gets off with his job. He doesn't do any singing and, and dancing and that. But no, he was always great to interview. Always really honest sort of guy. And used to watch him walking out of the, of the dressing rooms when we used to wait in that corridor to do interviews. And he always looked absolutely knackered. And and it was him and Flanagan, those people like that. They always looked shattered, like he could hardly walk. But that's because he'd run through a brick wall for the club on on the on the game day. So I'm yeah, a bit disappointed. Well, quite disappointed really that, he, that he's leaving because he's a good player. I, I just hope that he gets sorted and, and gets himself a club because I know he's training really hard at the moment. I've seen his his Twitter videos of him training for for Ireland or for the World Cup. So I hope he gets sorted and, get, and gets a club because he deserves one because he's he's a real sort of wholehearted. No true rugby league player, proper professional as well, and uh, I hope he gets started with the club because he's a real, real good guy. Yeah, we, we talked about identity and culture, Parky, and, and he's kind of a player like Mark Flanagan, who who kind of built that over the last few years at, at Salford, uh, and I don't think you can you can underestimate the 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 you know the effect he has at our club. Yeah, nothing but respect for Tyke. I think he, he did a, a magnificent job for us. Uh, like Paul said, he'd run his blood to water every week. You know, he, he'd put his head in where he probably shouldn't. He was coming up with all sorts. And a good player besides, let's not forget that he didn't just work hard. He was, you know, he had a bit of talent, obviously. Uh, the NRL took a chance on him for a, for a while uh, before we brought him back. Uh, great, great professional. Like you say, really good, honest. Uh, I know he did quite a bit of work with Salford Uni as well, didn't he, for a while? Uh, I don't know what, what's happening with that, but I'm pretty sure he'll get fixed up somewhere, hopefully. Still in the Super League because he's he's still got that to offer. Um, I, I you know I, he is a he is a big loss. Him and him and Flash um, were, were so good to us, so so integral to what we are and, and what we did under under Watson and uh, like I say them him and, and, and Moose. There's like a trio of them that have sort of led the team around and and, and created this culture around the club. Um, and I'm, I'm yeah I'm, I'm disappointed to see him go. There, there are obviously 
probably more financial reasons than than anything else because you, you couldn't lack his his effort or anything else. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure he'll get sorted, and I wish him nothing but the best for the future. Yeah, we've had movement inside the club as well. People coming in. So, uh, the club have got a new media manager, uh, Luke Warworth. Um, used to be able to sports editor at Salford. Now, uh, he was the non-league reporter for the MEN, um, Paul. So, you know, he, he's, he's certainly got some great credentials and we're looking forward to what he can uh, produce uh, at Salford. Yeah, certainly, yeah. Looking forward to, to chatting to him. I don't personally know the lad, but I'm sure he'll do a great job. I think he, from what I've seen on, on his Facebook and that, he, on his Twitter, sorry, he looks like he's a Salford lad, doesn't he? Or he's, he's from a local area and that, so I'm sure he's a supporter. And Yeah, I'm sure he'll do a good job. He's got some good credentials there, hasn't he? And, uh, you know, taking over from, from Joe, Joe Crabtree, who's who done done a great job, I thought, Joe. He was always great with us, wasn't he? Always helping us out, getting interviews and that, a real gentleman. So uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll look forward to Luke, uh, look forward to working with Luke as well. Does does Luke have been like a local lad, uh, Parker? Does that give him an advantage um, in obviously being able to create content? You think? Uh, probably. I mean, it's, it's a massive role, isn't it? This the media, especially these days when you know fans can't get to the stadium. We need we need everything coming out. You know, you can't just go and get the inf- information yourself. Um, but probably knowing the de- demographic of the area you're from, you know, certain places react differently to certain things I'm not you know when it comes to media and so on I'm not sure that people of Salford are really into gimmicks as such and he'll understand that he'll know if he is a local lad he'll understand how, how we how we work and uh, that but that sense of pride in in, in who we are and you know our sort of individualism if you like um, yeah I mean he's got a massive task on a massive task he's not easy role that and uh, there's a lot of pressure on you because when people don't hear anything, that you're the one that gets the you know the finger pointed at. So, um, no, I wish him all the best. And uh, if he is a local lad, obviously, that'd be nice to get to know him. And uh, I just wish him you know all the best. And uh, let's see what he can come up with. Yeah, other people who have come into the club: uh, Jake uh, Bamford, uh, Paul, uh, strength and conditioning coach from LX Warrington. Obviously, worked Richard Marshall there. He's going to do. He's going to have a, a big job on obviously conditioning the players ready for the twenty twenty one season. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, um, I think the, the conditioners always do, don't they? This time of the year, now you want to get your players as as fit as butchers' dogs, don't you? And, and ready for the, the start of the season. And you know, I, the, what I like is the way Richard Marshall's putting his own stamp on things now, bringing people in that he's worked with before. You know, at Warrington, he's he, he knows them now, doesn't he? He's got he brought Danny Orr in as well, who I presume he knows from from the past or whatever. So he's bringing his his own people in, making his own mark, and he's forming a nice little core there of people. And there's also people who have stayed on at the club as well. So, uh, so yeah, it's all going in the right direction. Now, everything seems really positive. Like I said, on the AGM the other night, he was really, really positive, Richard Marshall, and answered all the questions that everybody asked him. And he, and he seems really sort of enthusiastic about it as well and very knowledgeable. I mean, he picks a lot of stuff off of, of other people who he's worked with as well and, and, and keeps that knowledge to him, you know, in-house. In so he, I think he's going to do a good job and I think his, his backroom staff there are all going to be ready and, and, and right behind him. Yeah, people staying on. Chris Nelson, Head of Performance Analysis, Paul. He's always been good, nice to us. He always lets on when he walk when he walks past. He's, he's a re- a real sort of character, and I really do think it's an important job is as well because obviously you know head of performance analysis. He has he has to look at all the all the data, don't he? That the players produce and and find that extra one percent. Yeah, he's a nice lad, and we always have a bit of a laugh with him don't yeah. we, after the, after the game and that. And uh, 
It sort of depends what the, how the result is. It's the sort <laughs> yeah. of look he gives us, doesn't he, sometimes? But, yeah, he's a nice guy. And uh, I believe he left for a bit, didn't he, and, and then came back. But, uh, but no, he does a good job. does a really good job. And that's a dead important job, though, the analysis, you know, you know, filming the matches and, you know, the coaches need that, don't they, so they can watch that footage. I mean, I've, I've been up there a few times um, when I've done bits of interviews and that, and I know the players watch um, videos and things like that themselves, you know, on, on little computers or whatever they have these days, iPads or whatever, you know, and, and analysing what they've done. So it's really, really important, that side of the game, you know, that, that sort of technology probably wasn't there 20 years ago, but, you know, it certainly is now and it's very important. Yeah, Park, you can imagine your, your, your team scores a last-minute winner. Everyone's jumping around, and you've got to make sure that you, you you make sure you get the data right who passed it to and, and how and what direction they passed it in. And, you know, it's a cool and needed. It, it's, it's a massive uh, contrast. You, you, I mean, you, you mentioned the strength and conditioning guys, and, you know, I mean, they've, they've got big big boots to fill, haven't they? Because I think over the last couple of years, we've been one of the fittest and strongest teams around. Um but yeah, this, the, the performance there. I mean, I just think back to to watching watching the lads train at the Willows in the you know in the eighties. Kevin Ashcroft and Tommy Grainer. You know, they'd have them doing two laps of the pitch and up and down steps, and then off you go, lads. See see you Thursday night or something like that. Um, how it's changed. You know, the, the amount of work that goes in behind the scenes, week in week out. And it's, I mean, last year when we were playing, you know, basically three times a week at times. How do you find the time to do that to analyze a full game again? You know, I'll come home from. From the match one night, uh, you know, if we've won and I'll record it off Sky, I'll sit back and watch it. But then to actually analyse and take bits out of it and parts and look at certain players and everything else, it must take. I, I've just, they mustn't sleep, these lads. You know, uh, they must be on Red Bull constantly. <laughs> I, I don't know how you do it. And actually, you know, to pinpoint little things in a game that may have been that game changer or to tell the coach that this guy needs to do, you know, to pass on this information, to, to correlate it all, to pass it on. As a, as a package that a coach can just sit down and go, yeah, I see what he's doing. I see what this is. And then and then concentrate on, you know, what we've got to do for the next game. I, it's, I mean, the game's changed massively, but these guys have got so much work on. And, and clearly, for the, the last two years, whatever we've been doing has been working. Yeah, it's been, it has been working, Parking. Uh, you know, we're all looking forward to the next sort of, uh, you know, situation with with Richard Marshall and, and the next few years, and see what kind of success uh, he can bring to the club. Other people who's come into the the club, Paul Adrian Marley has joined the Salford Devils Foundation as a trustee uh, with George Tapp, who's an ex Salford councillor. I think it's great. Obviously, the the Salford Devils Foundation have managed to to get these two involved. gives the it gives them a, a bigger profile, and also uh, sort of helps the uh, the club as well. Yeah, he certainly does. You know, Adrian's a, a local lad, isn't he? You know, probably didn't spend much of his career with Salford, really. Although the lad, most of it was in Australia, wasn't it, with, with Sydney Roosters? But he's a player that's probably known throughout the world. You know, on on, on in Australia and in, in Great Britain. So, and, and had a fantastic career as well. Very respected person, and you know, everybody knows who he is, don't they? You, you know, he commands the respect and the presence if he walks into a room. So, to have him associated with your club and in that sort of role. I think it's good, you know, people are going to take notice. You know, Foundation do a great job anyway, but it's good to see uh, to see those guys uh, getting involved. Yeah, Richard Marshall talks about community and uh, obviously Adrian Marley Parker, mm-hmm. a Salford fan, a Salford player, you know, it, it kind of it strengthens that connection, doesn't it, to the local community? Yeah, well, last time we spoke, uh, we were talking about, obviously, Callum Watkins, you know, a former ball boy and, and Jack Wells coming in, who's obviously a fan and grew up you know, around the corner from the ground, and that 
that bond that, that obviously Richard Marshall is very keen. I know Bleasy as well, uh, bringing in of local lads and you know that, getting that community spirit. And I'll be, you know, let's be honest. I think Adrian Marley's probably Salford's biggest export since New Order. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you, you look at it that way. Not a rugby league fan who doesn't know who Adrian Marley is, and I would say ninety percent of them all know that he comes from Salford. Um, so you know, for, for going out into the into the community, he's he's a known face. You know, in just as an ambassador, you know that kind of thing. It's it's great to have, and it, again, like you say, just creating those those local ties, getting uh, you know somebody that, that people can kind of look to and, and go, ah, I know you, I know what you did, you know, and, and respect for, um, and you know, I don't think there's many more more popular people in Salford than Adrian, to be honest with you. So yeah, yeah, another another good move and great great that you know Adrian's back with the club in some capacity. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was a uh, Salford. George Tapp was Salford City Council for Odsall. And I think he's, he's, he'd be important, I think, uh, Paul, because obviously he'll know how, how sort of the council works and, you know, he, he'll bring a lot to, to the, the Salford Red Devils Foundation for, you know, expanding their sort of range in, in the community. So I think he'll, he'll be a good uh, a good acquisition too. Yeah, I'm sure he will be. He'll know the city, won't he? And, uh know what what goes on i mean it's a difficult question for me to answer that i, I don't really know a lot about stuff like that but yeah I, i'm sure he will do i'm sure he will be a be a respected guy in the community and he'll know how everything works and and yeah good to have him on board you know the more people we can get involved in the community that's what it's about now isn't it about growing this growing this club and, and making us a better club and you know as you said before foundation do a great job anyway you know getting involved it's probably difficult at the moment in the current situation you can't get out and about meeting people can you because Everything sort of behind closed doors, but uh, but yeah, I'm sure in the future going forward, it's going to be a, a real good appointment for the both of them. Yeah, um, obviously during the current uh, situation uh, with the COVID, uh, the foundation, the club, have uh, got karate and dance classes online on Red Devils TV. I think it's great that are reaching out to people who sort of need that in their life, need the exercise, need the 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 excitement of of doing stuff like that. Paul, obviously you're into your boxing. I suppose it's a bit different in these days with with all the gyms shut. Uh, yeah, well, it isn't. It isn't. We we still we still train every week. We've been training today, actually. That's why I'm so hungry. <laughs> just find different ways of doing it. We, we're outside in the in the parks and that, and we just find stuff to do. And you can sort of I don't know the people I spoke to are saying they're not going to go back to gyms because they can they can do what they need to do outside or at their house and things like that. So you can always adapt, can't you, and, and, and do different things. I mean, if you look around your house, there's, there's stuff in your house that you probably don't realise that you you can use that as something that you'd use in the gym. You know what I mean? There's all sorts of exercises that you can do. So uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's just about adapting at the moment, isn't it? Until everything sort of gets back to normal. Yeah, and after this podcast, Parker, you're going to log on to, to Red Devils TV and uh, get involved in this karate class. Uh, I'd probably just do myself a bit, a bit of an accident, I would have thought. <laughs> um, I'm not, I never was that flexible, I'm certainly not now. Um, yeah, I'll probably, I, yeah, interesting. The thing I was thinking then when Paul was talking, how, especially now, clubs, rugby league clubs, especially, you know, football clubs and, and so on, show how important they are to a community and that, you know, Salford being a community club, which is, you know, is exactly what we are, how much we can offer, you know, people are not just, it's the actual contact and the, you know, the physical well-being and the mental well-being that, that we, you have to branch out. You can't just be a rugby club anymore. It's not just, you know, those those 17 lads that, that matter on a, on a game day. The club as a whole, like you mentioned, the, the foundation earlier on and things like this are just, 
it just engages and it gives somebody, you know, there'll be people stuck in a house for days at the moment, not doing anything. Um, and you can eat very easily, you know, just, just rot away, really. So it's a, it's a good thing, you know, especially especially the kids who have a lot of pent-up energy as well, I would have thought. Um, not not getting out as much, you know, like you say, a lot of local rugby and football teams are all, you know, all shut down at the moment. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good thing. It's not probably not, uh, not ideal for me, but, uh, yeah, I, another great thing, coming, you know, coming from the club. And I think that's where, the way we've got to go at the moment. We can't, we can't interact with the club physically, you know, by going there, but... Um, Anything you can do online or anything like that, it's, you know, it's going to be much appreciated. Yeah, talking about online, Paul Wowfing, I've got some new merch out. Uh, t-shirts look nice. Fifteen pound for adults, thirteen pound for juniors. Able supposed to deliver it out to you through the post. Um, be good for people to walk around showing the showing the colours. Yeah, certainly there's some nice stuff. It's funny you should mention that I was uh, in my van driving uh, through Chadderton yesterday and I, I just happened to look at the side and saw there's a Salford badge and it was Roy Ellaby, my mate Roy Ellaby, walking down Midlton Road with a massive Salford coat on. It looked it looked nice and warm in it anyway. So uh, they have got some, in, and I texted him saying, I've just seen you on there, he didn't see me, but he said, <laughs> yeah, he, he got that for Christmas, I think, and it's uh, it's lovely and warm. So uh, some of the stuff that they're doing is uh, really good. So uh, yeah, get yourself a coat because uh, it it's pretty cold out there at the moment, isn't it? Tell me, you you uh, you text him on the bat phone like something like I'm watching, just to see if you can freak him out. <laughs> I was going to beep him, but by the time I'd seen him, I'd, I'd gone too well, driving too quick. You say I'd gone too fast and past him. <laughs> I was keeping to the speed limit though. <laughs> indeed, indeed, that, that's all. That's the important thing, and it, and it's great, obviously, Parky, that, that the club have got got this uh, merch av- merch available. You know, there's a variety as well, which is always good. Yeah, I think we've we mentioned it. I think it might have been late last year. The you know just just doing special little things as well every now and then. We we've always struggled a little bit with merchandise. I know we have a, an issue with not having a, a shop as such, any store at the stadium or something like that. But uh, these guys have been really proactive in, in you know certainly in social media in letting us know what 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 they are doing. And it seems that the, the trialing things are giving you know they'll print a few new t-shirt designs, see how they go, and then if you know. It, if people, you know, take them up on it, they'll produce something else and something else. I mean, just going back to that, you know, the, the Wembley shirt they did, yeah, it was just something different. And they must have rustled that up in, in a week, really. You know, so it shows that they are adaptable. Um, I, I, I spoke to them a while back on Twitter, well, before Christmas, about the, the length of time it's going to take to get things. Because apparently they, they get they input most of the stuff from France. Oh. Now, obviously, at the moment, through several barriers, COVID and, uh, you know, Brexit and everything else, uh, things have been a little bit slow for them. So, they, you know, they need to get things out there. But I, I just think, um, I think, yeah, they're coming up with some, you know, good ideas. And like Paul said, some of the gear is actually, actually really good. Um, so, yeah, and the more people that, that buy it, hopefully when we, we are all out and about again together, more people will spot what you're wearing, take it, take an interest. And that's what, you know, the new badge design was there to do, to, you know, to catch people's eyes. So, uh, yeah, you know, if you get a chance, have a look. And uh, like I say, you're not, not too dear, is it? So, uh, yeah, I'd, uh, I, I like the idea of what they're coming up with. Yeah, I've got an eight-week-old eight, eight baby, so I could do with, like, some baby grows, really. Mm-hmm. If, you can, mm-hmm. if you can rattle a couple of them off on me, wow, thing, that would be that would be good, wouldn't it, uh, Paul? Yeah, the thing is, though, Rob, they soon grow out of them baby grows, mm. don't they? They grow pretty quick, don't they? So, uh Oh yeah, 
But they're good. My, my two had uh, little baby girls, little sober ones. Can't remember where we got them from, to be honest. Um, oh, when Imogen was a baby, we were still at the Willows, so I think I got it from the club shop at the Willows. Yeah. Because she was only little then. Yeah. Yeah. Don't forget, people say that. Back at the Willows, there was big variety. But obviously, you know, back in back in them days, it wasn't as... I suppose it, it didn't really have the the overheads, I suppose, they have now, uh, Parker. Oh, no. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. You know, I, I'm not looking back at, at Halcyon days. Uh, I don't think... Uh, I think we struggled, like I say, with merchandise for a very long time at the club. Something that seems to be overlooked. And I know the problem is numbers. You know, if you're going to produce something, you're going to have to produce in a certain quantity. And if we're not going to sell them because we don't have a, a massive support base, um, that's an issue. But I don't think in the past, certain of our uh, stockists and that kind of thing, or, you know, shirt providers, have catered for what fans actually want. It's more of here's what you get, that's it. Uh, whereas I think Wild Thing are more, more open to, to listening to suggestions. And if, you know, if enough people go for it, They'll, they'll they'll produce it and give it a go. So um, yeah, it's it's always been a problem for us. But you can let's be honest. I think most people are living online these days, aren't they? Shopping, yeah. everything else, we're not going out. So it looks like you know an online store is the way to go. And uh, let's just hope they keep producing some good stuff for us. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Uh, end of another show, Paul. Great chat. Yeah, really enjoyed it, mate. Really enjoyed it. I'm, we're still waiting for these fixtures to come out, aren't we? I know we mm. mentioned it last week. I think on the radio. When are they coming out? When are the fixtures coming out? Uh, season starts on the is it sixth of March, Parker? Uh, no, it's been put back now. Isn't it? The twenty something, isn't it? Oh. 20, 26, 20, 23rd, maybe something like that. But it's been put back, hasn't it? But even so, I mean, you usually get the fixtures out about November for a February kickoff. So uh, they are they are mm. delaying. I suppose it is. It's going to be uh, logistical problems into this year because they've got to try and make sure everybody's safe fit things in and then the World Cup at the end uh, plus cup, comp, you know, the cup competition so may, maybe it's just taking a little bit longer to work out now but yeah it'd be interesting to see you know well we get Huddersfield away first game like everyone's expecting <laughs> that's what you're expecting Parker you know, that's what I'm hoping for <laughs> been great having you on Parker talking all things Salford yeah. brilliant no I loved it lads just, just before you go lads before we go uh, a little bit of uh, uh, sort of history for you uh, I was just, just briefly looking through something before and I spotted that uh, 50 years ago today, uh, we uh, we won a Challenge Cup game uh, away at Wakefield. And you think, well, what's you know what's great about that? But the, the strange thing was, we, we won away, which is odd. We won in the Challenge Cup, which is quite odd. Um, but we played them three days earlier and drew at home six all. Travelled away three days later and beat them 15-8. Uh, I just thought, I was stood out 50 years later, you know, we, we, we still um, we, we still struggle to team, beat teams at times, but uh, go away to Wakefield, a place that, you know, even now we really struggle to, to win at. But yeah, 50 years ago today, uh, we were, we won away at Wakey in the Cup after after drawing at home. You're our historian, Paul. What, what do you reckon? It's always a weird place, Wakefield. Yeah, I'm but you know, going back to going back to nineteen seventy one, um, I bet you could take a photograph from that day and have a photograph from today, and the ground looks exactly the same. I think the only thing they've built at the other end is them porter cabins at one end behind the ground there, behind the stand. <laughs> so it's exactly the same that ground. But our record there's awful, isn't it? He's it's awful at um, at Wakefield. Leave it. I think the Super League record we've only won 
think two or three there in a draw. It's mm-hmm. Very, very tough. Always a tough place. Always a really cold place to go. Uh, Wakefield. Who knocks us out of the cup in '71? Did we get beat at Cass? I think we got beat at Castle, didn't we? In the quarters, possibly. Mm, I think. I don't. I don't I'll tell you know. what. I don't, I think they beat us in '70. I don't know about '71. I, I think they beat us in '70. I think they beat us '69 in the final. '70. I think they beat us 15 nil when they had straw on the pitch. And I can remember my dad telling me it took him about three hours to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had like a brazier on the pitch, you know, with straw and all that. Um, I think that was the 15 nil game when Malcolm really scored. I might be wrong, but I'm sure they beat us in 71 as well. Well, yeah, I've just looked and you're absolutely right. Um, we beat, you got a yellow Bible there. Paul. Yeah, we beat Warrington in the second round, 20 points to eight, and then lost to Cass. Uh, Nine eight away. Watkins right. and Coolman scored for us. Um, when was the fifteen nil game? Was that seventy? I think that must have been seventy. I know we they, they did us a few times in the cup at that yeah, time, didn't they? They had a, yeah. a who did well. They still they're another team that still do, but uh, yeah, very strange. But we just uh, there was another one. Uh, I think from where are we going back thirty years ago. Uh, 91, is that 30 years? Sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we played Cup Psych, the amateur team yeah. from Yorkshire in the Challenge Cup at, at the Willows. Yeah. Um, a bit of a novel thing. In a preliminary round, wasn't even the, like the first round. Um, I don't know how we'd managed to get drawn in that. We must have been bad. Um, <laughs> we, we won fairly convincingly, I think, but I remember it being not as such an impressive game, thinking back now. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure. That's something to, to think about. How many amateur teams have we played while well, we've been a professional club? I can remember it. Yeah, I can remember that game against Cutsyke. I've still got the yeah. programme. I can remember playing Ovenden as well at Thrummall yeah, in 98 yeah. in that horrible blue kit that we played in. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I played some, yeah. a team called Bison. Yeah. I remember them. Um, yeah. That was also, I think that was probably in the 90s. Could have been in the late 80s, but I think it was 90s. Ace Caravans. Ace Caravans from uh, from Hull, weren't they, I think? Yeah, I think that was in the 70s, I think. And the ch- I think it was a John player or the Challenge Cup, I'm not too sure. It was a cup competition. Yeah, so we've uh, yeah, played a few. Um, I think we played Warrington Wizards. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, I remember them. Yeah, Warrington that Wizards. A, that yeah. was in the uh, 2000s, I think, 2003. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah just, just, just another one. But a couple of, yeah, a couple of games that just stood out. I don't know. I wasn't actually looking for that. I was looking for something else. It's one of the lads' uh, birthdays today. One of the, uh, a big red, uh, James Reed. Um, so I was looking for something to see, you know, sort of anything happened on his birthday, but uh, I didn't quite get that far, um, as in the day he was born. So, uh, but they stood out for me, so I just thought I'd share them. Yeah, that, that book's absolute gold, isn't it? If you've not got that yellow book, get you, try and get older one because they're absolutely brilliant. Brilliant. Big thanks to this week's uh, Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud iTunes, Radio Contact and Spotify. See you next week.